0: Well, here it comes! Oh my goodness! Kick and chase by Mullins. Kick and chase again by. Welcome back to the Racing and Sports Punter's Pod on this Wednesday, the 22nd of February. Jimmy Buckley with you, and I cannot believe I'm saying this. Just eight days out from kickoff of the 2023 NRL season, we're up to part four of our season preview here on the Punter's Pod, which means I'm joined by the man who once scored a match-winning try with two minutes on the clock at Headingley, of all places, to knock... The mighty Leeds Rhinos out of playoff contention. Welcome, Sam Williams.
1: Another wonderful induct- uh, introduction there, Bucko. Uh, it was a great memory that it was, um, yeah, 2014, and we were uh, seventh first second, uh, playing at Headingley. Uh, I don't think Catalans had won a finals game at that time. Um, yeah, and the ball just ended up popping up into my hands and, and scoring the try. So it was, um, yeah, it was a wonderful occasion. I remember getting back to Catalans, uh, back to France. Um, and we we pulled up. I reckon it was about one thirty in the morning, and there was just a whole wave of support and flags and songs and cheering. It was unbelievable.
0: And as the match-winning try-scoring hero as well, you must have got a pretty warm reception too back in uh, back in the south of France.
1: Yeah, a couple of red wines were uh, on <laughs> offer, mate. But it was it was funny because you know just the passion that is shown from that area of the world with their rugby league and. And you know, if you came back to, to a Canberra, for example, at half past one in the morning, you know, there might be a couple of people, but it was just ch- chockers. This whole airport was just full of, of dragons, flags and, and cheering. And yeah, it was just a wonderful memory.
0: Unfortunately, weren't quite able to bring the trophy back across the channel, but I think you guys may have won the next week as well.
1: Yeah, we did. It was a, it was a real dream run and the, um, the whole region in, in the few weeks, we... The following week we went to Huddersfield. Huddersfield I finished, I think finished third maybe and they'd lost the week, previous week. So we went back to Huddersfield and we played them on the Saturday night, minus two floodlights. There was a big power outage and half the field was dark and half oh. it was light and because of TV scheduling and the fact that we'd, we'd come from France, there was just nothing that could be done about it. They were talking about moving the game to the next day and... Um, changing things up, and it just couldn't happen. So we end up going ahead with the game and, and defeating a Huddersfield side who'd been pretty successful through the year. Then we had to come back the following week, so it was three straight weeks back and forth from from England, and we lost to St Helens. Um, Sir Soliola was playing for them that day, and it's probably one of those games where I really noticed fatigue in, in travel and the way you know we just. The third straight week of trying to get up for these games against top quality sides, we were just knackered, and we end up getting done by maybe twelve or fourteen points or something. But we were never really in the game. We had a couple of injuries, and um, you know, but it was a wonderful occasion, a wonderful few weeks, and, and really good memories.
0: Oh, that's fantastic! And St Helens, of course, went on to win it that year. They they played Wigan in the grand final, uh, a pretty memorable game. Where, where did you watch that game, Sammy?
1: Yeah, that was so we had uh, a week or so before I was to come back. Um, I had to be back for a for a wedding the following week, so we we went and travelled up to Italy, and I think we watched it in I don't know maybe Monaco or something like that. Um, halfway halfway up you know, towards Italy from where we were in Perpignan, so it was yeah, funny little bar. The game was on. It was just myself and, and my wife at the you know now wife uh, watching it in this yeah this little bar, and it was a um, You know, a send-off in the first 15 minutes, I think it might have been. And, yeah, it was was a pretty interesting game.
0: Yeah, Ben Flower, who took to Lance Ohio's face with a closed fist while Ohio was lying on his back. Probably the the most savage thing I've seen on a rugby league field. One of the most devastating punches to an unarmed man. And good God almighty, that was... uh, that was incredible. I don't, think I've, I don't think I've seen anything like that before or since.
1: No, it's one of those things that's been outlawed from the game a long, long time ago, and to take out their half back and, you know, one of their most valuable players like it did, it was, a, it was just bizarre, to be honest.
0: Lucky he didn't kill him, to be frank. Anyhow, there you go, 2014. That's uh, some eight or nine years ago now. Our attention today is on 2023, and we have four teams left in our preview, we're going to start with the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who are $11 chances to win the premiership this year. They are paying $2.75 to finish top four, $1.40 to finish top eight, and $41 to collect the most losses in the NRL this year. Uh, Now, they've not been too active in the transfer market, actually. They haven't signed anyone of note uh, they've lost a couple there, Mark Nichols and Cody Nicarima off to the Dolphins. Uh, Josh Mansour, Richie Kenner have been released and Jackson Polo skips across to the Roosters, otherwise fairly unchanged. What do you make of Souths this year, Sammy?
1: I'm a fan of them, I really am. I, I'm a, a massive fan of Cody Walker. I think he the way he creates space for his men on his outside and Alex Johnson, you can see all, all, this, all the tries he's scored over those you know, last few years on the left edge for the Bunnies, so much of it comes down to what Cody Walker does on the inside and 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 Cameron Murray as well with his ball playing ability in the middle. So there's the the three players, look, Latrell, I think he's playing with a bit of a purpose this year. I think the the way, you know, the media had a bit of a field day with his incident with Jack Whiten. Uh, last year he missed a bit of time through his injury and he went over to the state. So, you know, he's had a full pre-season now. He's coming off a World Cup win. I think he looked really good the other day in the trial game. The charity shield it was, and and um, you know I was pretty impressed with Latrell. The the other one who I think looked as good as I've seen for a little while was Damian Cook on Saturday night. He was just jumping out and creating space and and go forward, and he was running the ball with a real purpose. I think he that that's that's how Damian Cook plays. You know, he creates a little bit of momentum and he's often gone. And the way he burnt the middle forwards from St George from the scrum there the other day, Latrell hit a line. He wants to be on the move, and I think it's probably held him back a little bit, maybe overthinking his his game a little bit at times, but he's just such a destructive ball runner. He looked really, really good with Cameron Murray off his hip, playing flat and fast through the middle. They had some really good signs, the Rabdos.
0: They're a high-quality team, very difficult to defend against, and personally, I think that $11 is, is probably a bit inflated for them to win the comp and $2.75 to finish top four. That screams value, I would have thought, to mine. They were one of the best sides towards the back end of last season and just look like they are well and truly in the middle of a, a premiership window. How do we play them from a punting perspective this season?
1: Yeah, just on the back of that, Bucko, I think the the one thing that worries you about the Rabbitohs is what depth they have if they lose some of these key men. And that spine's up there with one of the best in the competition, but can they handle if they get injuries? That's probably the the one query about the Rabbitohs. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna back them to make the top four. I think, as you mentioned, the price there, you know, I think it's a little bit overs. And I think that the way they play and the way when they play on the ball, and play at speed and the way they swing the trail coming out the back and uh, they just create so many good options um, when Damian Cook and, and Walker are running the football. They have so many different points of attack and. I think that they can they can make the top four, but that is most certainly on the back of keeping them them key men fit. So I think that they can uh, they can make the top four. And look, it's no great surprise, but I think Alex Johnson, once again, keeping these blokes fit as the the top try scorer for the competition. Get four dollars fifty about him. I think it's a pretty good bet because if if the rabbitos are to fire, he's going to be on the end of everything and and scoring so many of those tries where he just runs runs it over and. Chalks up another one.
0: Well, it's a combination there of a superb finisher with speed who plays outside the right men, and he's just going to get so many opportunities to score this year if he stays fit. For he's going to be hard to beat.
1: Yeah, and one of the things I think that he probably is underestimated a little bit is his positioning as a winger to hit the ball at speed. I think the Rabbitohs do it better than anyone in the competition. Where they hit the, the the winger gets the ball at speed, and it doesn't allow the inside defenders to come across and cover it. And when he gets a little bit of a sniff, he just puts that head down and gets the corner before anyone else. So I think his ability to hit the ball at speed and his positioning off these key men it it, it probably is a lot of the reason why he scores so many tries.
0: AJ, $4.50 to be top NRL trial scorer in 2023 and and jump on the bunnies to make the four at $2.75. Now, the St. George Illawarra Dragons, Sammy, one of your old clubs, they're $41 to win the comp this season, $7.50 to finish top four, $3 to finish in the top eight and $6 for most losses. They are well and truly up the top end of that. Market, a bit of player movement. They've gained Jacob Little and Zane Musgrove, among others. Uh, They've lost a few. Tarek Sims to Melbourne's probably the big one there. Josh Maguire heads over to England. Uh, And a few others on the list there. Andrew McCulloch forced into retirement, unfortunately. It's safe to say the Dragons 2022 take away Ben Hunt. It was a, a pretty ordinary season. He carried that side to a lot of wins last year. Uh, and probably made them almost look perhaps a little bit better than, than maybe they were. They seem to be floundering a little bit, the Dragons, unfortunately, and probably don't have the strength of playing roster, that certainly that uh, several sides above them do have. What do you make of them this year, Sammy?
1: I've got some really big concerns about the St. George Illawarra Dragons this year, Bucko. Um we saw Sloan on the weekend after they had a loss in the Charity Shield. He was in tears, mate. Like this is this is before the competition starts. It just shows the immense pressure that playing at a big club like St George and playing in the spine and so much scrutiny about that fullback position and um, and especially the way that the the Dragons have handled some of their juniors of, of late. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of pressure on him to do well. And you know when you when you it, you're crying after a game of you know a charity shield I, I really worry after three or four weeks of this competition the state of the mind of some of these younger players uh, you mentioned Ben Hunt I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a really big fan of the way he competes I, I love Ben Hunt I think he's one of the great on-field leaders in the competition because there was at times last year where he just carried that team he just simply did it through having a dig and he you know, he puts his body on the, on the line defensively. He's got an awesome kicking game. He leads kick chases. He supports the ball. He's around offloads. He just is involved with absolutely everything. But over 26 or so rounds of the competition, you know, he can't do it every week. And I just, I've got real concerns about how they improve enough when there's teams around them down the bottom who will improve where the St. George Lawrence Dragons improve enough to, to kick on.
0: Coming into 2023 with a very, very tough six or seven months ahead of them by the looks of it. Having said that, the Dragons do make a habit of starting competitions fairly well, so it'll be interesting to see where they are at from a pre-season perspective. But how do you play this from a punting point of view?
1: It's a tough one for the side to try and have a punt. I wouldn't wouldn't bet them punt on them with your money, the $41 to win the comp. (laughs) I don't know who's put that together or how the hell they thought $41 was fair. Um, So you're not going anywhere near that end of the scale. But even, look, you miss the eight, you're getting $1.20, so you're probably not going to really bother with that unless you're you're throwing into a multi with a few other teams, which isn't a bad play. But I think the one one value play is maybe Moses Suli as the top try scorer for the season for the Dragons. You can get nine dollars about him, and when Sully's at his best, he had a couple of games last year where he was he was nearly untouchable. Um, he's going to have another twelve months at the club with his combinations and improving. Ravalar was the obvious one on an edge, but he's quite short. I just think the nine dollars. If the Dragons are to fire, and there might not be a heap of points in them, they might not score that many that many points this year. I'm not sure, but you know he he is an absolute powerhouse on his day. I, I am a big fan of him when he's fit and firing, and as I said, he's had a little bit more time for these combinations to build, and at $9, you, you know, much w- uh, worse bets out there than that.
0: Moses Suley, $9, top Dragons try-scorer in 2023. Moving on, the Sydney Roosters. Second favourites to win the Premiership at $6.50 there behind the Panthers, $1.70 to finish top four, $1.17 to finish in the top eight, and $101.00 most losses. They've picked up Brandon Smith from Melbourne, Jackson Polo from South Sydney, and Jake Turpin from the Broncos. Uh, they've lost a few players there. Sam Verrill's heads over to the Titans. No one else really of, of massive note. So they're, they're very impressive playing. Cool remains together. Oh, geez, there's some talent in this Rooster's side, Sammy.
1: Yeah, we, we'd, we'd expect nothing less from uh, Uncle Nick and his salary cap. He he, uh, he has an unbelievable way of finding a player, and Dom Young's the latest addition to that. So, yeah, look, they are what they are, the Roosters. They're a high-profile club, and, and they've been successful for so long, and they run a really good ship. They don't accept mediocrity. That's the one thing about the Roosters. They go into every season with an Expectation that they'll be there on the final day of the year, and and anything shorter, that's a disappointment. I think James Tedesco mentioned that the other day, and it's, it's a great mindset to have. You know, you, if you're going into the competition thinking that you would be disappointed not being in a grand final, your fans certainly have a lot to be hopeful for for that year. I do, I do really like them. Don't get me wrong here, but another question mark is you've got two halves in in Kyrie and Walker, who are small, small men. They're going to be targeted again defensively. You know that's just par for the course, being a half. But you know we've got to make sure that Walker's. Um, you know this is another year of first grade where you've got an- another big, big season ahead. The Roosters, as I said, their aim is to win a grand final, not to finish, not 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 to finish in the top eight or finish in the top four. So they're going to build their season towards being in the grand final. Now that, that means that you have to rest them, Walker, every now and then if Luke Kiric cops a head knock you know he needs, he's going to need to have plenty of time out you can't rush that back they're pretty key positions and pretty key personnel so a little bit of that concern is keeping them fit to ensure they are a top 4 team now the roosters can finish 5th or 6th and still win the comp that's the that's the beauty of the roosters and getting them firing at the right end of the season so i've got the i've got them just outside the four it would not surprise me one way at all one way at all if they were to get in, um, you know, w- with that sort of class there, there's, you know, you're never going to say that they can't, but I just think the $2, I think I've got them just on the outside, fifth or sixth, so the $2 that f- for the Chooks um, outside of it, um, the other one I want to speak about is Joseph Suali, he is a hell of a footballer and hell of a talent and there's there's something that stood out to me last year, I was watching one of their finals games, I think it might have been and... He was just taking these carries ten meters off his own line and charging straight in the opposition defense the big fellas, the, you know, the, the their eyes would have been like dinner plates when they saw this skinny winger come off the end off off the sideline to have a carry and he just went straight into him and plays the game so tough for a young bloke that pretty thing's jumping over people and doing the flashy things to score tries, but he plays the game tough there's no doubt about that he's going to be um an aggressive ball runner for a lot of years to come, and you know I've got him as the top try scorer for the Chooks at four dollars fifty. I think he can he'll 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 play some fullback at, through the year. He'll he'll play in the centers at times through the year. You know I'm I'm a big fan of him, and I think at four dollars fifty, you know you can get some pretty good odds about that. So
0: the Roos is paying about two dollars to miss the top four, a little bit of value there, and then at Joseph Sualei, top try scorer for the Chooks, paying four dollars and fifty cents now. The West Tigers, $26 to win the comp. Good Lord, that's a bit skinny, I would have thought. $7.50 to finish top four, $3 to finish in the top eight, and $9 most losses. Fair bit of movement here. Check out some of these gains. Isaiah Papali'i comes over from Parramatta. appy Korosau and Charlie Staines from the Panthers. John Bateman, the former Canberra Raider, he's back in Australia from Wigan. They've signed Brandon Wakem from Canterbury. They've got David Klemmer from the Knights. And Norfoluma comes back after spending 2022 on loan down at the Melbourne Storm. Big losses list as well. Luciano Leilua goes to the Cowboys. Well, he's sorry. Luciano Leilua left the club last year and went to the Cowboys. Tyron Peachy head backs, heads back to Penrith. Jacob Little and Zane Musgrove have moved over to the Dragons. Jimmy Tarmow, the veteran, he goes back to the Cowboys. Jackson Hastings leaves the club. He's off to the Knights. Plenty of turnover there, Sammy. I think there's an expectation now that the Tigers are going to improve a fair bit in 2023. But let's just calm down a little bit. I think it's probably fair to say there's still a fair way to go for the Tigers.
1: Yeah, I think on the weekend against the Raiders, that's as good a trial performance I've seen a team put together. They completed about 86% in conditions that were stifling hot. The ball becomes like soap in those sort of games, and they just that's what's going to get them into the top eight, if anything. They speak about Sheens and Marshall and their flamboyance and their attacking mindset, but you saw on the weekend, they completed 86%, the Raiders were about 56%. And they put thirty six points or whatever it was on the Raiders. Now, you can't score a try unless you have the football, the, and the Tigers did that so well on the weekend. My question is, can they keep doing that? You know, like they've got so far to come for them to be able to make that top eight. Yeah, they've recruited well. Look, John Bateman—he'll bring some mongrel and a will to win. He's a, he's a competitor, John. I think he's a—you know—he's a wonderful player. But they're still trying to get him over. You're looking at Appy's deception around the ruck. You, know, you put him right up there with, with Grant in terms of his, um, his ability to bring players onto the ball. The way he brought the Panthers forwards um, through the middle there last year was as good as anyone. So you know, there's a couple of really good signings. A little bit of a question mark about how Dewey and Bateman gel. John Bateman likes the ball early and Dewey likes to run the ball. How that how that combination is going to work? I presume John will play on the right. There, the, there was someone speaking about maybe he would wear thirteen and play in the middle, but I'm not so sure about that. Um, so I've got a little bit of a question mark around that. I can't see them. I can't see them making the eight, to be honest. I I, I, I've said it through this whole, you know, this whole preview over the last few weeks. I, I don't know where outside those the top seven from last season. I don't see any of those sides going far enough backwards that they drop out of the eight. The Raiders have the best draw out of everyone in the competition. So out of these bottom sides, someone's going to have to do something really, really outstanding to be able to get into the eight. I don't think the Tigers have done enough to be able to go from where they were last year and the year before to into the into the eight this year and make such a big jump.
0: Yeah, that's a it's a pretty big gap for some of these sides. Having said that, this is potentially coming together now, this Tigers team, as maybe something the fans can get around over the next few seasons. I think it's fair to say that their their worst years in this run are probably behind them, but, yeah, flip side of that, it's a very, very difficult competition, and it does take time for, for some of these player combinations to come together, especially when there has been such turnover. How do you approach it from a punning perspective, Sammy?
1: Yeah, I think if you if if, if you've got a hundred dollar kitty, you're probably gonna have the vast majority on it at the dollar thirty three for them to miss the eight. You know, I think that I, I can't see them getting in the eight. I really can't, but stranger things have happened, but I, I don't see them getting in the eight. I think where the value lies is with Tommy Talau as their top try scorer. Geez, he looked good on the weekend. He ran some really good lines. He got it on the inside of the Raiders there a couple of times, and even when he got the ball early, he looked really dangerous. And although they weren't always a try or a line break, I just thought he looked really good. And I, I haven't seen heaps of Tommy Talau, but that was, on the weekend I was really impressed with him. The way now that left edge of the of the Raiders with Jack White and defending there, they're a really strong defensive edge. Um, and he gave, you know. He gave his opposing center a couple of times some headaches, so I thought he was he was exceptional. You're getting seventeen dollars about him to be the top try scorer, so I think that's you know that's wonderful value. And the man who cops every you know every barb from every man and dog in the stadium every time he plays, including his own fans, Luke Brooks. You get one hundred and fifty-one dollars about him. Now, he he is a good, good support player. I think he's going to have a little bit of help. Sometimes as a, as a half, it's hard to be on the ball trying to trying to run the ball and try and break the line and all those sort of things when you're trying to organise a team. With Happy Coruscant there at nine, I think Luke Brooks will be able to sit back and, and let the game unfold and, and, and come back to that running style of football. Now, let's be honest, it probably doesn't happen, but $151 about it. Yeah. you're getting. I think it was $81 about um, Papali'i. Uh, well, I'm thinking $151 for Luke Brooks isn't a bad bet.
0: Yeah, why not? That, throw a tenner on that and sit back and uh, and cheer him over. Throughout the course of the season, why not? Tommy Talao, $17 top try scorer. Plenty of value there as well. And $151 about Luke Brooks to be the top West Tigers try scorer this year. $1.33 about the Tigers to miss the top eight. Now, just running through all of that from the top, the South Sydney Rabbitohs. To finish in the top four, is paying $2.75. Sammy, very keen on that one. And Alex Johnson to be the top try scorer in the NRL this season pays $4.50. To the Dragons, and Sammy likes Moses Suli at $9 to be the top Dragons try scorer. Another good piece of value there, the Sydney Roosters. $2 to miss the top four. A bit of value there, and Joseph Suali'i as top try scorer, paying $4.50 for the Roosters. And finally, the West Tigers, $1.33 to miss the top eight. Not a huge value there, but should happen. And then Tommy Talao, as top try scorer, is paying $17. Very juicy. And then Luke Brooks, throw a couple of shekels on him at $151 to finish as the top try scorer this season. Sammy, it's upon us almost eight days out from the start of the 2023 NRL season. And just finally, your... You've been pretty staunch on Penrith going back to back to back again in twenty three. I presume your position has not changed.
1: I think a side still has to come a long way to be able to beat them. They got done on the weekend to St Helens, who who played exceptionally well. Oh, just touching on that as well. There was a lot of speculation and talk about this St Helens side and coming out and beating and beating Penrith. I thought it was a wonderful performance. Everyone says, "What's the difference between the Super League and the NRL?" Your best sides like St. Helens can compete in the NRL. There's no doubt that their one to seventeen would compete in the in the NRL. The difference is doing it week in, week out with the depth. That's where the difference is in the competitions. It's trying to sustain that sort of level and the the best teams and the worst teams. So I I was I was happy to see St Helens win it, to be honest. It was good good for the game. It was good for them as a club you could see what it meant to them, and I think it was a, it was a great spectacle of rugby league. I was, I was really happy with the way the game all went about it. So, now, congratulations to them. On a side note, Bucko, you're off hiking the Grampians as of this weekend, mate.
0: I am away Saturday morning, first thing, loading up the Ford Fiesta and heading south with uh, the old man and a few mates. Yeah, the Grampians Peaks Trail, that'll be me for two weeks.
1: That'll be awesome, mate. We'll, um, <laughs> we'll look after things in here while you're away. I might even... Have to get uh, Simon Donopoulos in with us and um, yeah. have a little bit of a yarn as well. So we'll be we'll be around having, you know, talking up the first week of the NRL and we can't wait to have you back, mate. Make sure you come back in uh, one piece. I know uh, some of those things you get up to in the mountains, mate. What happens in the mountains stays in the mountains. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. No, thank you, mate. You're gonna have a great time. We'll uh, yeah, we'll hear from you again next week. We'll speak to Ken Rutherford on Friday, and until then, happy punting.